Sound Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So tell me about your first weekend in December and your birthday weekend, I guess. Uh, yeah, went to dinner on Friday night, had a little birthday dinner, had a nice time with friends, appreciate them taking us to dinner, and then just an easy weekend, nothing really too much, did some uh the dreaded tree setup that we talked about, so, uh, you know, I got the taste of the Got tree. that done. <laughs> yeah, I got the taste of the tree and That's all that kind of stuff and everything, worst. so it is what it is, but uh, we got some stuff uh, put up and we're working on things, had a soccer match last night over in Olive Branch and uh, Hernando Middle School uh, won 7 nothing. A real quick shout out to the Hernando Middle School girls who, who in seven games did not give up a single goal wow so nothing but shutouts all seven uh the little girl's name we'll have to circle back the uh, goalie i was gonna give her a shout out but uh, we'll have to circle back on that but anyway no goals given up by the hernando middle school girls they take the one seed into the tournament coming up this thursday pretty darn good team and then uh you know the hernando boys they won seven nothing skunk as well and wilson who plays goalie got an opportunity to actually get in and and get a goal as well so that was kind of fun and the game ended early but uh you know good time and, and everything like that yeah, we had a game last night. Uh, not didn't fare as well, a uh, basketball game. But uh, Fayette, that's a that's about an hour and fifteen minute trip. So it's, it's not a not an easy ride for a four o'clock game. I did not make the game. I was um, going to say that makes uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do have to work. Did, didn't get it. Uh, she did score, so I was I was proud of her. But other than that, this weekend kind of did finished up Christmas. You know, just did some shopping, finished up the last of the decorations, and other than that, not not too much. I wouldn't argue if they let the middle school girls play on like those little eight foot goals. Like oh, the rec leagues, oh. yeah, the rec league yeah. goals would have been pretty cool. Yeah, we, we're not having to worry about it. The fast breaks are basically <laughs> just tackling. There's a lot of jump balls. Right. There's a lot of uh, just steel. I mean, it's 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 bad. When they go to man to man, we're talking you know eleven to five. Wow. Just podcast listeners, we've talked for the last three months about how honored we are to have our presenting sponsor working with us, Brian Couch and Terry mm-hmm. over at Team Couch of Birch Realty Group have been sponsors now for three months. Uh, Derek, after numerous attempts to try and get Terry to come on with us, uh, she finally just deferred and, and said maybe y'all should ask Brian. So we'd like to welcome to the UTW podcast our first live interview uh, or our first live guest, Mr. Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Thanks, guys, for having me uh, here today. It's going to be a fun show. <laughs> again, Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we we do our recorded things where we do them and, and bring them into the show. Um, so this is our first three-man group. So we appreciate you coming in and looking forward to some conversation. We're going to talk more with Brian uh, here shortly about real estate, about being born and raised in Hernando. But the show is called Under the Water Tower. So I'm sure he has a lot of stories that he can't say or talk about on the podcast, but definitely can, can visit with us and catch us up on a number of different things. But again, if you're looking for the number one real estate team in DeSoto County. Over 55 years combined experience of real estate knowledge and experience with closings, both on the buying and selling side. They can handle both the buying and selling side for you. If you're interested, please look up Brian and we'll certainly give him another shout out in just a second with the number. But uh, call Brian and Terry and their team over at Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or Look them up at teamcouch.com. Brian, welcome into the mobile car and van studio. Appreciate you guys having me. Uh, you know, I was listening to y'all's podcast, and then, you know, I kind of reached out to you and jokingly was talking about being a sponsor. We are Hernando, and I've been in Hernando my whole life, and I really appreciate y'all's show and what y'all been doing with covering the auto room meetings because just like y'all, I have kids, and a lot of people around town don't get to go to the auto room meetings. It's tough to keep up with what's going on. I like hearing about what's going on in the South Haven Alderman meetings, things like that. And then y'all covering the sports. So it's just a good, you know, I thought it was something good to put our money behind to sponsor y'all and to 
help help get the show going. Well, we appreciate it. It's really helped to uh, improve our uh, decor in our studio. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really nice. But we really do appreciate it. Sincerely, we do appreciate you um, investing us for that reason. Like you said, somebody that's doing the, the stuff, and Derek covers the Alderman meeting so well. So many people have told us how well that they, you know, things that they didn't even know about, uh, they know to pay attention to, look for, uh, for the listeners will pay. If you don't know, Brian was our uh, middle school volleyball correspondent. <laughs> He was our alderman meeting correspondent before, and also Brian was heavily involved in our chain link discussion off air. So. <laughs> and that is coming down, by the way. It they got some nice, nice yellow tape up right yep. now. It looks exactly. good. It looks good. That police tape looks fantastic. Right. I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to work in the permanent posts that they have. I think they're just going to paint the silver ones black and then just put some, you know, just kind of. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. like that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, listeners, be sure and go down Mackinville. Take a look each and every week to see how we're doing on the chain link fence in Hernando. But again, coming to us from the mobile car and van rental studio mobile car and van rentals formerly mid-south vans uh, located at the corner of mccracken and commerce uh, open each and every day ready to work for you if, if you have body shop needs or uh, just simple car rental issues or car issues repair issues we'd love to work for you and then certainly coming back into the spring coming back into the winter if you guys have family trips let us know because we'd love to be a part of them 662-469-4555 that's 662-469-4555 Four five five five. Before we get with Brian, we're going to talk with him a little later on in the show. But right now, we want to stick to the local news under the water tower coming to you uh, in Hernando. First thing we want to look at is the Auburn meeting. There was uh, we mentioned on Friday show that there was an Auburn meeting held Thursday night to try to set the special election for the Ward One. They kind of postponed it. Uh, the city attorney wanted to look at a couple things, make sure he had some of the the laws in place, and make sure everything was being followed by the letter of the law. It was done. They had another special meeting last night uh, on Monday night. And the special election was set. The date will be January 19th, 2021. Uh, it will be held at the City Hall Fire Station. Now, again, this is only for Ward 1 residents. The current Ward 1 residents will be January 19th, 2021 at the City Hall Fire Station, 7 to 7, normal election times. Uh, and this all comes from basically uh, the state law. And I, we've had some people ask, why didn't the mayor just appoint somebody? Why didn't the board just appoint somebody? Well, they couldn't because the amount of time that was since the passing was more than six months left in the term. He could not be appointed. The spot had to be uh, a general election. And this comes from the state rule, uh, state code, excuse me, 23-15-857. And it basically says that anything greater than six months has to have a special election. We talked about they had to have 10 days to certify it. That, they did it, obviously, last week. Then they had to have uh, set an election anywhere from 30, no less than 30, no more than 45 days. And so the, the January 19th, that Tuesday, fell in that time slot. And so that is when the election will be. So, again, we know that there are people coming out. We, we understand that Natalie Lynch has put her name in the, the race. Our, it, and for real quick, Natalie Lynch is our favorite planning commissioner. That's correct. Uh, planning commissioner Natalie podcast. Lynch from exactly. Ward 1 has put her name in the race. And so she has announced that she will be running for that position uh, as of our taping on Tuesday morning. That is the uh, only name so far in the race. But you'll probably see a couple more. They have 20 days to declare. Okay. So they have 20 days to declare. Uh, and then, again, the election will be start? on the 19th. Yeah, when, when, when did the days start? The days started when the, the – now. The day starts right now. So they have 20 days from today. To, so, you know, again, she threw her name out basically, I mean, day one. or Actually, um, and so now you've got. 27th. They got to the 27th. Right. And, and, again, so she could have a 20-day head start on somebody or somebody could do it tomorrow. But, obviously, the earlier you get it, the more time you have to get your name out there. So we'll see if anybody else runs. But, 
Again, that's when the election will be. So if you're a Ward 1 resident, January 19th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. City Hall Fire Station. All right, and something else that was at the uh, Alderman meeting last night was that the city of Hernando will now have a parade. Uh, it's going to be a reverse parade. This is very similar to what we talked about that the city of South Haven has done and other cities have done. But I want to, we, we all want to just give a, a just a, a real big thank you to Julie Hopkins. Julie Hopkins has really taken the bull by the horn. She has gone out there. She has done, basically herself has gone and it, Talked to people that wanted to put floats in. They wanted to make sure that the kids had you could be able to see Santa Claus. And so it will be a reverse Christmas parade, uh, basically at the high school. So they're going to use Dilworth Lane, just the whole loop around, coming back to McInvale. It will be December 14th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. next Monday. So the floats will remain still, just to make sure we understand what a reverse Christmas parade is. The floats remain still. And you drive through and see them. And you wave and, and that sort of thing. So you remain in your car. You go through. It's a loop around. You get to see. She said she had, as of last Tuesday, she had 30. So I don't know what it's up to now. But she will be posting all of it on Facebook, Hernando Happenings, probably tomorrow, wow. uh, Wednesday. Uh, she'll have that out there. She says that she wants to finalize it by then. So be looking for that. Please pass the word around. Uh, again, it's not your typical parade. But we, do, we will have a parade. And really, she, I mean, she started it about uh, two or three weeks ago. She kind of reached out to us how we could help. You know, I'm just, I could not be happier for the city and happier for somebody in the city just to get out there and get it done. Right. I think all three of us, me, you, and Brian sitting right here uh, in the studio, we're all three doers compared to just followers. And so good job for, by Julie for doing this. Um, it's a wonderful thing. You know, you want it to be as normal a Christmas as it can be at this point, you know, not necessarily for me or you, but all the kids that are running around, I mean, you know, you don't want them to miss out on it. And it's been a tradition, and at least the tradition gets to continue one way or the other. Couldn't agree more. And, again, like Derek and I talked about on the Friday podcast, when you see this stuff on Hernando Happenings and, and all and everything, man, just be a part of it. Go support it. It is what it is. But, Julie, uh, you know, shout out to her for busting it and just picking the ball up and running with it. Just a wonderful thing. And uh, I know my family will definitely be taking part. I'll probably take several loops around there. And more than likely, it'll, the music will probably be um, – you know, on the radio, probably 104.5 The River. You know, we always get out and ride around and look at Christmas lights. Sure. Make it part of your going That's out and looking at Christmas lights night. That's yeah. it. And if you want to be a Derek, is there a way for people to contact Julie if they want to float or anything? Do you have that info or just find her on Facebook, really? Yeah, right now that's all there is. Uh, I was hoping to have it, you know, again, we tape early on Tuesday morning, so there's nothing as of now. Um, but it could be out later today, but she said definitely by Wednesday uh, all of it will be finalized. So be looking for it. She does respond. If you've seen on Facebook, if you've gone on there and been following this at all, you will see she is responding to every post that has asked her a question. So she is out there. She is looking. So I would feel I would feel certain that if you reached her by Facebook or maybe even instant message her you know, qu- uh, privately that she'd get it. What ward does Julie live in? That's a great question. That is a great question. Just simply you know, say, what, you I'm go just on asking. Facebook, jump on there and say, know, Julie, that's what just ward a are you in? Julie's obviously somebody that's forward thinking and, and, and the go-getter. So I don't know what ward she lives in, but just, just a thought. We may want to find that out. So, But good, good luck for the city on that. Good luck to Julie on those things. And, and, and again, thank you for, for picking the ball up and saying, hey, I want a Chamber of Commerce decides not to have the parade. Uh, perfectly fine. But uh, she said, hey, not on my watch. And she got, got after it to get it done. So just a great job. Derek, something else. Uh, moving down a little bit, a little bit north of Hernando, uh, but definitely affects the city. The Nesbitt DMV is now closed. 
The Nets at DMV was closed literally after our show on Friday. Is it, uh, is it COVID-related? It's COVID-related. Okay. Um, so it's COVID-related. It just says until further notice. That happened on Friday. Uh, it was announced Friday like sometime around lunchtime. So, again, it was after the cutoff of our show. So if you are looking, please call before you go. You know, Obviously, they removed all the restrictions on you know, certain last names on certain days. It's, you know, it's been open any day of the week. They do. You know, we covered this starting that you were uh, starting October first. You could call and go and set appointments to go. That still is all correct. However, you may want to call now just to make sure that they're open. Period. Uh, if they're not open, of course, all branch is still open. Baseball is still open, so you do have options. But just please, please, please. Don't go up there and be disappointed when it's closed. So make sure that you call, and then they're supposed to uh, let all the publications know once they're back open. Well, there's probably some people that could, sitting in line right now that won't think anything different if they, as long as they open back up in the next <laughs> yeah. four or five days. Yeah, I felt <laughs> really bad. Yeah, I, when, whenever you told us that off air, I felt bad for the people that got the numbers on on Friday because they're just still sitting there. <laughs> they're still sitting there. Right. Still sitting there. I mean, the DMV in Nesbitt. No offense if the we have any listeners of the. They're like the, Beetlejuice with their numbers. Oh, sitting that's there. exactly. <laughs> I mean that. Yeah. I, I don't know. The Nesbitt DMV is a very interesting place. Uh, a lot of pajamas there in the early in the mornings. A lot of pajamas. Hey, it's the truth. I mean, come on, man. A lot of pajamas and slippers and stuff. But I do feel sorry for those people on Friday that picked their number up at like one o'clock when they told them to come back at one to get there. You know, for whatever, and they show back up at one o'clock and it's closed. It's closed. It's closed. But was the, the nearest one? I've had a good experience in Batesville. Just FYI, you know, listeners, pay attention to that. Uh, the Batesville one, straight down fifty-five. Get off of the North Batesville exit. Take a left, and it's been great. I'm sure people are now upset with you for giving away their spot i don't care i mean well they got to figure something out i mean come on now it's going to come together that kind of wraps up our hernando stuff again shout out to julie and them for the reverse parade uh shout out to the for the uh, alderman setting the special election getting that coming together in january uh again a, a very sad situation uh the reason for the special election uh we, we covered that uh, last week so but and again miss natalie lynch a friend of the podcast uh, uh, our favorite planning commissioner has announced for that seat that she will be running you know if you're interested in that seat definitely look into it 20 days to make that decision so you've got until december 27th to uh, throw your hat in the ring so we're going to spread out a little bit there we're going to go a little bit farther throughout the state so instead of just hernando we're going to go throughout the state the attorney general uh listeners if you just pay attention the attorney general is warning people to pay attention to scams according to the medical marijuana that just passed and the ability to have medical medical marijuana which will be coming up soon uh, but it's not quite started yet. Yeah, so Lynn Fitch, our attorney general, has come out and just really warning people. Uh, there are already companies that have been promoting to Mississippi pre-registration for telemedicine con- consultations for miracle marijuana cards. She wants to make it as clear as possible. Nothing has been written yet. It is passed. It will happen. But the uh, MSDH has not issued any regulations pursuant to Initiative 65, nor has it licensed any providers at this time. So if you if you have companies calling you saying, hey, you know, looks like you're on a list. You better go ahead and sign up. You better go ahead and pay this money. You better go ahead and put this deposit. You better, anything for medical marijuana, it is not open. Do not send your money in. Um, you know, if you are sending your money in, you may have our favorite policeman knocking at your door because it is not legal. Right. Um, so please, you know, to you know, if you were suspected that you have been scammed, any kind of fraudulent activity, please call the attorney general's office. They will obviously when it is legal, when everything is set, when you know certain medical providers are deemed legal by the state. It will be very well publicized, so please wait for that. Anybody calling you right now, just I would stay away from. Which basically means about that card in your pocket, you can go ahead and chuck it and put it in the garbage. <laughs> so the guy that called me on Friday named Smokey, he is not real. <laughs> he's not real. No, no, he's not real. He's okay. not. Do- no, Dr. Smokey. Smokey right. and Craig. Smokey and Craig, not real. And you know this, man. 
Not real. Yeah. So Big Worm that called me on Friday, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Lynn Fitch has not approved Big Worm to no, be the Big medical. Worm is not going to make. It. Okay. Not all make right. It. So look out for scams all across the state of Mississippi, especially in Desoto County, for the medical marijuana scam that possibly may be uh, maybe happening. Next thing we're going to talk about statewide. Derek's got some information on that. Uh, mainly a little bit upset we weren't invited, but Derek's got some information about some some parties kind of being thrown at the governor's mansion that got a lot of people uh, kind of up in arms. Okay. So I think a lot of us are aware that you know the state has not technically mandated it, but has asked certain counties, including DeSoto County, that um, you know you hold uh, outdoor parties for 50 or less, indoor parties for 10 or less. Uh, this has not been made statewide yet. Uh, the governor is refusing to do it statewide, even though a lot of the medical professionals are asking him to do it. Uh, he is basically doing it by counties with certain cases above a certain level. However, the governor himself are having parties. He's having well, parties. And his county is under the same mandate his, we are. Yes, it is. It is, is 100% under the same mandate that we have. However, um, last week he did have a hospital executive fundraiser on the coast for himself uh, that did have more than 20 people inside. That was obviously something and they, that the county it was in was under the same cautions that DeSoto County is. Okay. You know, and so – there's another a CEO of a major Mississippi hospital host and uh, another he's having another one. The way I understand it, there's more than one Christmas party at the governor's mansion next week. Well, let's see. It says multiple. Yes. I think I saw three different ones. I know one's for the Senate, one was for the House, and then there was a third one, but I can't remember what I saw earlier. Yeah, so the Christmas at the governor's mansion is very different this year. So he's he's saying it won't be a lot of people. However, the the House members were invited to one, the hospital fundraiser at Christmas, another so he's basically invited them back to the governor's mansion for a hospital Christmas party. And then as you said, the Senate also. So two or three Christmas parties uh, at the governor's mansion. And again, we're not saying what is right or wrong on this show. I think what we're asking for is uh, consistency. Uh, we are asking for uh, just, you know, it's just something to say, you know, if we're asked to be doing something, things that uh, elected officials would, you know, just do what they say, not do as I say, not as I do. Sure. That's what we're asking for. And so, again, do the best you can. I mean, we know that uh, there are athletic events. We know that there are kids that are not able to play in finals or semifinals of football. We know that, you know, teams are put out of the playoffs for this. So, again, if you do it for health, if you do it for sports, whatever reason, find a reason to do it for, and, and let's, let's do the best that we can because – and, and again, let's also ask the same of our elected officials. Couldn't agree more. You know, if, if you're going to ask us to do this, you got to hold to the same standards. Well, yeah. exactly. And there's 52 state senators, and I can't remember the number of representatives, but it's definitely over the oh, it's, limit. Oh, it's a couple hundred. It's and I'm assuming hundred. spouses will be attending it's that as well. Oh, yeah. 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 But, I mean, isn't this just a year to, to – I mean – We've been to some pretty lame Christmas parties. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how much fun the Christmas party would be at the governor's mansion. This may be the year to just kind of be like, eh, you know, we're going to cancel it this year and give you all the Thursday night off well, of, I mean, of it, small you know, talk. Like we've we've had discussions. I mean, you know, the the actual Christmas parade in Hernando, South Haven, sure. Horn Lake, Olive Branch were canceled because the government, you know, the officials said, you know what, that's a bad look. Now, whether you know mask are right or wrong or however you want to look at it, it's a bad look. Right. Uh, crew of Hernando, you know, we did. We were going to do a Halloween thing for the kids. We had to cancel it because it's just a bad look. During this time, when people are asked to wear masks, people are getting sick. People that we have known have passed away from it. You know, it's just a bad look. And so to, so we have done our part. Churches are, you know, some are in, some are out, some are online still, because they're trying to do the best they can. Public perception is real. This is a bad look. Well, do you think if you invite uh, the governor to your party, even though he doesn't come, you could still have it? Since he got an invitation. That's a great question. That's a very good question. <laughs> that may be something to look into. So, I mean, again, anyway, that's I, I just kind of keep everybody aware. If you're not aware of what's going on in Jackson or uh, elsewhere around the state, please, you know, the Clarion Ledger is hard. It is, it, you, it is a site that you have to pay for. I did subscribe in order to try to do, you know, 
to help try to get the news up here. But, you know, it is online only. So if you can go on there and do that, just, but I do encourage you to follow what's going on and watch what your leaders are doing because there are elections coming up now. The mayor, I mean, the governor election won't be for a couple more years, but you do have local elections coming up. So again, we will try to do the best we can to get you the news, but, you know, we encourage you to go and try to find it and just educate yourself and understand what people are asking you to do and then what they're also doing in their own personal lives. Exactly. I feel like the three of us that are sitting here uh, on the show or in the mobile studio right now, you know, it's one thing to be lectured to or whatever. It's another thing to be lectured to and then they do something else. I think that's what we all are saying there that uh, to pay attention to. And look, we would, if Mayor Tom Ferguson or Darren Musselwhite in South Haven were doing this type of thing and lecturing and, and, and kind of, you know, setting different rules and then doing their own thing, we'd say the same thing as well. So, uh, right. you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very uh, interesting to, to see that. And um, like you said, it's, it's just a bad look. I'll tell you what is not a bad look, and that is the DeSoto County Museum. Uh, when you go to the museum, all you see are just, I mean, great looking museum great looking exhibits wonderful job by rob long again who provides us the desoto county fact of the week every week could not be more pleased uh, with the job that he has done there could not be more thankful for the facts that he gives us every week and so we just encourage you if you have not been to the desoto county museum please go there it's on commerce street right across from the bank course south uh, it is open tuesdays through saturdays 10 to 5 and again, you can call ahead to set up a tour. You can walk in and just ask for Rob if he doesn't have a tour. He'll be happy to show you anything and everything in the museum. They've got a few new exhibits. One of them we talked about uh, when, uh, with Dr. Wadsworth's passing. They have a new medical exhibit. They have a new, uh, basically a, an exhibit that has kind of represents all of the different wars and people who have fought in the wars from DeSoto County. And again, so... If you've never been, please set up a time to go. Masks, they have shields at the, at the beginning. They have face coverings. Uh, we are encouraged to wear a mask, obviously. Uh, but, again, we thank Rob Long for providing us every week with the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. This DeSoto County Fact of the Week is probably one of my favorite ones. A lot of you that are from here will know this story, but uh, it is good. We have not talked about it on here, so I'm gonna, we're going to go ahead and read it today. Uh, it's about Spencer's Cafe. Spencer's Cafe was the site of a wedding chapel from the early 50s to the late 50s in which thousands of couples from across the United States came to Hernando, DeSoto County seat, to get married. It rivaled Las Vegas in that decade before marriage laws tightened. Years before, DeSoto County had relaxed their marriage laws. Charlie Pride and his bride, Rosine, married in Hernando, as did world-famous rock and roll pioneer Jerry Lee Lewis, who married his 13-year-old cousin, Myra Brown, in 1957. The cafe and wedding chapel burned down in 1958 on Christmas Eve that brought an end to Hernando being known as the marriage capital of America. This location was at the corner of 51 and Commerce Street. It's located just off the square where the Times Square market is now. No, no foul play on the burning of the chapel or anything like that. I mean, it seemed, I, I mean, just the thought. It sounded like things kind of stopped. I mean, it stopped. It stopped. I mean, well, they, you know, Mississippi came. People basically, you didn't have to have a license or anything. You just right. came across the line, got married, and went back to Tennessee. Right. Exactly. And so, so there was no. Like, you didn't have to have the drug, the blood test. You didn't have to have any kind of that. You didn't have to show. I mean, she was 13 years old. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, they weren't checking. They weren't checking dates. They weren't checking birth certificates. You went there. You got married. Justice of the peace. I do. I do. And you back up. You know. And so sure. Never that, ask yeah. another question. That was it. You know, uh, me being from here, that was stuff my mom used to talk to me about all the time was, you know, that everybody came here to get married 
And then I didn't know – you know, I just learned why it went away. I didn't realize why it went away. She never touched on that. But she said, you know, that it was where everybody came to get married. And so just a great thing. And, you know, again, that was only, what, 50, 60 years ago. Right. So, I mean, as you said, your mom remembers it. I mean, it's, a lot of people talk about it, remember it, grew up with it. Uh, and it's just amazing that, you know, marriage capital of the world and rival Las Vegas – you know, Hernando, Mississippi. Yeah, very interesting. Thanks again to Rob Long for uh, bringing us that fact of the week. Uh, thank you again for the DeSoto County Museum for continuing to be a um, provider of, of that each and every week. Get out to the museum Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. Visit with Rob uh, at the DeSoto County Museum right across from Bancorp South here in Hernando. North Point Christian School is the oldest and largest Christ-centered college preparatory school in DeSoto County. They're essentially located in South Haven, Mississippi. They serve students in grades pre-kindergarten through 12th grade. Would you like to know more about North Point? They're holding their next Preview the Point admissions event on Sunday, January 24th at 2 p.m. That's Sunday, January 24th at 2 p.m. Reserve your spot by calling Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon, 662-349-5127. Podcast brought to you by Williams Services. Located right here in Hernando, Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Entering this fall season, the leaves have begun to fall. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or look him up on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. At, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Podcast also brought to you by The Print House, located right behind Thunderbirds Pharmacy. Brian, I think there's a... Uh an order for you waiting at the print house. Come and think about it. So we appreciate your business. Print house is your one-stop shop for printing services, whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs. The ladies at the print house can help simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's the Com. We've done several orders with them through our uh, real estate business and our firework business that we have in Oxford. And Natalie and Heather have both been phenomenal and sometimes on really short notice because of the firework thing. Like we put in an order just the other day and got it back in no time, which we really needed to get right. for the fireworks business. So they've been awesome to work with. So right. I'll give, give one of your other sponsors a plug. I appreciate it. And thank you very much. And look, those two ladies, my wife being one of them, they just want to do right by people. I mean, it's when it's all said and done, they're learning the business each and every day, but they just want to do right by people. You know, they took over a business that had been in existence for a while. Uh, they learned from what a lot of people told them about what their experiences at the previous business, and they've uh, strived to, to be better, and they just strive to, to, to deliver good quality stuff on time. And so we appreciate your business, and, and thank you for the, the plug there. All right. Well, we also want to thank you again, Brian, for coming in today. The reason that you're here, uh, the main reason besides – being a wonderful third wheel on the podcast. We really enjoyed having you for the first 30 minutes. Um, is to talk to you about the real estate market in DeSoto County uh, and Shelby County a little bit, but mo- mainly DeSoto County and kind of talk to us, talk to our audience about kind of what the changes are coming, you know, why it's so hot, kind of what you see coming up in the next few months. So talk to us about your history. I mean, you already mentioned that you were born and raised here, that your mother talked about uh, Spencer's Cafe when, when you were younger. But go ahead and just kind of give us some background about your history here in Hernando. I've been in Hernando my whole life. 
life. Left for six years for college. Don't ask me why six, but we can go to that another time. Uh, but, uh, you know, feel like I'm a big part of DeSoto County. I mean, I have a lot of history here. You know, I want to see this area grow, but I want to see it grow in the right ways. I'm not anti-growth. Obviously, I'm in real estate, but I want to see it grow in the right ways. And I think Hernando and South Haven and you know, the other areas are trying to do that. They don't want to just let anything be built. And some of the some of the things that are in the pipeline, like Short Fork Farms that Burke Hendricks is doing, if you look at what he's doing, it's the same concept that Hernando West people are wanting to do. You know, you're going to see more of those developments in this area, I think, as we move forward. They're pretty prominent around the country. And what I'm talking about is if you haven't gone and looked at the Hernando West website or the Short Fork Farms or even Silo Squares on the same thing, and it's already being done, but making walkable, sustainable communities. You hear walkable community, and we've even thrown that term around in DeSoto county but we truly don't have any walkable communities where you've almost got a town inside of a town you've got your own little community where you can walk to a restaurant you can walk to a store you can walk to the park you know everything right there together and i think that's going to be the future of what you'll see as development going on in desoto county this year has been a crazy crazy year with you know obviously covid19 and things like that you know, when that all hit, I started getting calls from every banker in DeSoto County going, hey, what's fixing to happen? I'm like, how do I know what's fixing to happen? We've never been through this before. I said, now, my take is if this goes more than a few weeks with lockdowns and shutdowns, things like that, it's going to tank the tank the real estate market. Well, I was obviously not right on that. And I think I think everybody would have missed the boat on that one. But the market has been really, really good this year and prices have gone have escalated very fast. You know, there's speculation as to why that's happening. One is inventory is very low. Very low. Even for new construction, there's just not enough lots out there for the builders. Then even existing, and I don't know if COVID plays a factor in that or not. I think at the beginning of COVID, you had people that didn't put their houses on the market because they thought it would be a bad time. And then I think you had people legitimately scared, and some still are, for their health to let people come in their house. And, you know, if that's the reason you're not putting your house on the market, that's a great reason if that's, you know, for your health. But if it's because of the first one that you don't think it's a good time to sell a house, that's entirely wrong. The inventory is low as it can be. Uh, on average right now, we have 330 houses active in our MLS. But when you break that out to just DeSoto County, it's around 215. To put what? that in perspective, that should be closer to 1,000. So you said it should be closer to a thousand. What was it? Uh, let's say let's pick just a normal year. I'd say you know, two thousand twenty. Obviously, nothing but normal. Let's pick a year like uh, two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. So you're saying that that would be the years where it's normally a thousand for this you know, kind of sitting on the ground. Right yeah, now. roughly. I mean, you know, that would fluctuate anywhere nine hundred to eleven hundred. Back when the market got real slow, we got up to. 14, 1500 houses on the market, which is obviously too far the other direction. You know, as of right now, just 214 houses on the market is astronomically low and you can't find anything right now. It's hard to find anything under 300,000 anywhere in the, especially the main areas like the school districts that people are wanting, like Lewisburg, Hernando, DeSoto Central, Center Hill probably be in the top four areas. The average sales price in the last six months, just let's take Hernando because it's a Hernando podcast. The average sales price for a new construction in Hernando over the last six months is $306,000. What's that per square foot? Uh, around a 
125. That's 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 pushing Oxford numbers. And I'll be honest, when I was pulling these numbers, I thought that was going to be low. I was expecting the number to be closer to 130 dollars a foot, 135, because we're headed that direction. And there's a lot of them out there in that price range right now, because as you know, the lumber shortages and you can't get appliances right now. Windows, uh, windows are an issue. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that are dictating that, and plus just the demand. I mean, there's the, the supply is not there for the demand. So, I mean, the high sale in the last six months is $148 a foot. So it tells you that we're going, we're trending to a, it's gone up faster in the last year than it has been in my 18 years in this business. Yeah. And a lot of people I know are speculating of bubbles. Everybody and most people, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably over the age of 30, uh, if not a little older. So you were, you know what 2008 was, uh, especially if you are, were in DeSoto County. Uh, 2008 to 2010 was a terrible time. Uh, I mean, that was when the real estate market fell. Uh, we had, of course, what's different now, people are saying, well, you know, 150, that's higher than we were then. That's, I mean, I think we, we might have gotten to, what, 115, 120? We never, we never really got to 120. We yeah. started, you had a few areas trying to push up to 110, 115, and it never got there because when they got to that price is when it started tanking. But I think, you know, so people I know are worried about that, and, you know, and, but I, what you have to look at is two things. Well, three things. Number one, you mentioned the cost of everything. I mean, it's just the cost of the lumber, the cost of the windows, you know, having to sit and wait for appliances, that sort of thing. And then, you know, you're paying interest or the builder's paying interest on that. It causes all their carrying costs to get higher. So that's an issue. Number two, inventory. There, I mean, what's, do you have the numbers for the lot inventory right now? or just? A, I do not have the lot inventory. Right a lot of inventory, you know, but you said that you know, there's not a lot of new houses going up. They cannot, builders cannot find lots. Well, I know I have builders that can't find lots to build yeah. on right now. You know, so unless they're developing themselves, which there are a few lucky builders who are able to do that and, and pocketed some land and were able to carry it through the bad times who are obviously profiting from that now, you know, so that, that's an issue. And then the third thing is, as you mentioned, the supply and demand. I mean, this, the demand is still there. The supply is not. So you've got three things pushing the upward pressure. So I'm not saying that it's, it won't bubble. I'm not saying it's going to hit a 140 and won't go back down to 120. That's probably going to happen. Historically, it's going to tell you that's what's well, going to happen. economics tells you. I mean, you're going to have ups and downs in the market. I, I don't think we're in for any kind of 2008 crash. No, I don't. I've, I've, everybody that asks me, you know, I say you may see a correction at some point. But it's not going to be like it was in 2008. Plus, they've changed a lot of the lending practices. Obviously, you being in the banking world, you know that. You don't have some of the same type of loans that caused, you know, you could see 2008, you could see it coming on the horizon because of just like the balloon notes and the stated income loans. Those don't exist anymore. You can't go buy $400,000 house and make $25,000 a year. You could do that back in 2006, 2007. I'm glad you brought that up. Mortgage companies are still doing very strict. I mean, the the rates are very low. I mean, that's another thing adding to the supply and the excuse me, the lack of supply with the demand is that mortgage rates are under three. I mean, we're two seventy five, two and a half for a thirty year mortgage, and so you have that. But instead of having people not being able to qualify, they're they're being very stringent and still qualifying. And so that's why you've got you've got of course businesses moving to DeSoto County every day. You've got individuals now. It wasn't like it was. You know, back in the early 2000s, when it was, what they say it was like eight people a day were moving to Soto County. Back right. in the early 2000s, we're not, we're not to that level, but we're, you know, I'm thinking middle of next year we're going to get the census numbers. That's going to say 201,000. That everybody's projecting just over 200,000. That that's that's a big county. So we just don't have the inventory. What is probably the number one or two questions that people are having when they're looking for houses right now? Well, the biggest one, I mean, obviously, is school district. I mean, it, and that's been that way since I've been in this business. I mean, you know, it used to be, and it 
that changes just like everything else. You know, when I got in the business, everybody that you talked to that was moving to the area, whether they were a local or moving from out of town, you know, they found out DeSoto Central is where you want to be. DeSoto Central is where you want to be. DeSoto Central is still a hot school district, but you never heard Lewisburg or Hernando back then. In fact, you know, everybody thought Hernando was too far out of them. Now the two hottest areas are Lewisburg and Hernando. There's no doubt about that. And that's what the main driving factor is our school system. And shout out to our schools. I mean, you know, that's what's driving people moving to DeSoto County is the quality of a you know of a, the education that you can get here if you you know it, even in the private the private schools i mean you have a great private school at north point that you know is one of your advertisers but if you can't afford the private school the public schools are a great place to raise your kids there's people that talk about horn lake schools oh i don't want to live in horn lake horn lake last time i looked had some of the better numbers in the state on some of their scoring so we have a great school system uh and one thing i was going to tell you is this was as of friday you could actually get a FHA 30-year mortgage for 2.375. So wow. it's free money, basically. And that's, yes, you're definitely right. That's driving the people wanting to move. Yeah, and, you know, of course, you know, if you sell your house, you know, for 130 a foot, then you have to go buy a house for 130 a foot. So it's not like you can catch a deal somewhere, you know, and, and you've got to find a vacant house. You've got to find one, as you said, for sale, and there's only just a couple hundred out there. I actually called my credit card company the other day and said, hey, would you would you take 2.375? <laughs> and they, they declined. They said no. no sir. They, no, they sir. hung up. For some reason, my, my phone disconnected. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so tell us a little bit more about, you mentioned Hernando, Lewisburg. Where are some of the the hotter areas, like maybe like neighborhood areas or what I mean, you mentioned Center Hill having good schools. How was How is the eastern and the western edges of the county doing right now? Uh, Center Hill, uh, well, I've actually got some numbers for you. In the last six months, Center Hill, there was 51 new construction homes sold and 120 existing homes sold in Center Hill. If you compare that to Lewisburg, 83 in Lewisburg, 107 in, uh, 183 new construction in Lewisburg, 107 existing in Lewisburg. You know, it's not far off in the numbers, so to speak. Now, part of that is you would have more people moving to Lewisburg. There's nowhere you're waiting on subdivisions to come online. There's subdivisions coming online here and there, but they're selling out as fast as they go online. But as far as hot subdivisions, I mean, Silo Square is obviously getting a ton of talk right now, uh, and that's helping revive, you know, that DeSoto Central area. I mean, and DeSoto Central still sells more houses than anybody else. Wow. There was 214 homes sold in the DeSoto Central School District, new construction in the last six months, 286 existing homes in that area. Wow. Between new construction and existing, that's 500 homes. houses. Yeah. And, so, and, that, and that's that, six months? It's the last six yeah, months? Yeah, that's the wow. last six months. And that's, that's way more than what you'll see in anywhere else. Sure. And that, but that includes like Bridgetown. Is that the Bridgetown area too? Uh, part of Bridgetown. Bridgetown's in Lewisburg, and that's why their prices have skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to buy a house in Bridgetown, it's gone up. A couple of nice lakes though, right there. Well, I mean, and really- the thing with that is, it goes back to you know the average sales price is being three hundred thousand now. So right. if a house like Bridgetown, most of those houses are going to be. 200 yeah. you know 225 and under and so when one of them hits the market it's a free fall it's considered affordable yeah right i mean you're gonna have 10 offers on a house that's overpriced not right. necessarily overpriced but won't even appraise for what you're got it listed for because people are fighting for it yeah i'm glad you brought that up uh speak to us about our appraisal starting to catch up they are catching up uh they're not there yet and that's not because of the appraisal we have some really good appraisers in the area but they're back to 2008 their hands have been mm-hmm. so tied with regulations and you know they'll call and go hey do you have anything else that can help me get the, this number you're needing and when you give them a house or give them a, a comp they'll go i can't use that for this reason and you know it's things we don't know on our end 
that is just a regulation on their end that they can't do that. And so it's frustrating. I've had three houses in the last month that came in low. I had one that we sold the first day for three twenty five and the appraisal came in at three hundred. What listeners don't know is when when Brian sells a house for three twenty five and the appraisal comes in at three hundred, Brian has to pay the twenty five thousand. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's so, not that's not how that works. Well that's part of calling team couch. That's part of their there's part of the sell thing. Well part of that is and when you bring that up, but that does make a difference. The experience that sure. our team has, there's times we get multiple offers right now. And I may be talking to you, Matt, as the seller going, Matt, I get this offers 305 and this offers 302, but this one is a cash offer or a conventional loan. This one's a, you know, all that plays into sure. it. And then obviously when you have an FHA loan, you're stuck with that appraisal. I think it's for 120 days. So even if you lose that buyer, the next buyer, you're still stuck with that same appraisal. You know, it all play. You know, that's where the experience comes in, is because there's plenty of times I've tried to talk a seller into going with something that may net them just a little bit less than the the best offer. But there's other things that play into it to get your household in this market that are not necessarily a normal seller doesn't think about. But we've run into the problems. We know who the lenders are. Lenders make all the difference in the world too. There's great lenders and bad lenders. There's times where you have two offers that look similar that you go, hey. But we, we have experience with this lender. We usually don't have problems. This lender, eh, not so much. So all those things come into effect. Something else, I mean, kind of not, not necessarily real estate related. Brian, you and I have known each other now for, for pushing 20 years or a little bit over 20 years. I can remember years ago when you were teetering, trying to figure out uh, the move to a team concept. Right. Okay. One, I, mean, I own businesses. Derek works in the banking world. You obviously own uh, businesses and so forth. I can remember you struggling with that thought. All right, what's that like? Mainly from a standpoint of, hey, I know I need to do it because I need some help because you, in the late 2000s, you were as busy as anybody. Tell us a little bit about that, moving to a team mentality, both in real estate, and I'm not even saying for, for necessarily your team, but just letting go some of that power, being involved with someone else. What has that done from a career standpoint for you in, in, in going with more of a team standpoint uh the biggest thing i can tell you is kept me sane i was burning at both ends for i don't remember how long i was on my own terry could tell you exactly sure. you already yeah. know that from yeah. being at our <laughs> office the other day uh, she could tell you exactly how long i was on my own but i didn't have an assistant didn't have anything and i was one of the top agents in the area and, and looking back on it of course i was a lot younger then too but looking back on it, i don't know how i did it i mean i literally would eat dinner and go upstairs and be on the computer till 1 a.m every day and what really made me look at doing the team thing, and there was no teams around here unless you were a husband and wife. Right, exactly. I, I, when Stacy got pregnant with our twins, I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to do this business differently or go do something else for a living because I'm wired in a way that I want to be the best and take care of my clients, no matter what I was doing, whether it was selling real estate or selling cell phones. But I wanted to be the best at what I was doing, but I also wanted to be there for my kids. So I started researching. Dallas was the main area I went to. And the team concept has been the best thing, but you got to have the right people too. Sure. Uh, everybody on my team's been with me for at least nine years now. Amber's been my assistant for ten. Uh, me and Terry, what did she say the other day? We've been together. You, I well, can't she remember. Said you, you, she, you just celebrated your eighteenth year. Thir thirteen years yeah. we've been together. So I was five on my own. So yeah, she said thirteen because my kids were one year old when we teamed up. But it it allows you on multiple levels to you get you can get away from your business and still take care of your clients. You can, sometimes my personality may fit you better. Sometimes Terry's personality may fit you better. So, and we deal with a lot of, you know, obviously in our business, unfortunately, we deal with a lot of divorces and things like that. There's times where the wife doesn't want to talk to me or the husband doesn't want to talk to a female. You know, that's just part of it. And so we work that out good together. And then Matt and Randy are completely awesome. I mean, they take care of our buyers like no other. I mean, you know, it's just been 
a good concept for us. Right. And you would agree it's been a good concept for you, but you would also be somebody that speaks highly of teams in other things. Like you said, sanity. Hey, I got to be sane here. Yeah, back when I was in school, you know, we, it was called Spotlight, and we did problem solving where it was teams – you know, if people getting together to solve problems, you, you can do more, you can accomplish more. You know, I thought it might hurt my business when I started my team and I didn't care because, I mean, I wanted to, I didn't care if it cost me money. I wanted to take care of my clients, but also be able to spend time with my kids. And it's actually been a blessing in disguise. It couldn't have worked out better. And you look, you, most people in the real estate business now are starting to form teams. Sure. I mean, your your top agents in this area are all teams for the most part. Yeah. There may be an exception to that, but for the most part, they're all teams. Right. No, I would agree with that. And, and again, I kind of went off a little bit down that rabbit hole for a second because um, it, from a business standpoint, we have a lot of people that listen to the podcast that uh, own a business or that are looking at different things. Uh, I've had a, a good lunch the other day with Richard from Williams Lawn Services and visited about him and the growth that he's had in his business and stuff. So he, he works closely with uh, the people that work for him and, and, and with his wife and different things. So I love talking about business. I love I have my degree from Ole Miss is in management, so I could talk about this kind of stuff all day long. Brian, you mentioned you're born and raised here in Hernando, so a lot of good memories and stuff. We visited uh, last week uh, about the passing of Dr. Henry Henry Wadsworth. Uh, we do know that you're related to them. Uh, tell us a little bit about your memories, maybe per se, when it comes to the, to that and maybe that side of the family and that. Uh, well, obviously, my mom is from Hernando. Dr. Henry that passed away was her brother. My grandfather started Wadsworth Clinic back decades ago i mean in fact when dr henry passed away i guess y'all were talking about it on the podcast and later our office listens to it and she goes i did not realize that you were related to the wadsworth he delivered me my wow. granddaddy and i can't tell you how many times over the years now obviously you're running out of people like that sure, but sure. how many people have come up to me over the years and go your granddaddy delivered me your grand i mean the lady in our all i mean like yeah, sure. six degrees removed right there right but uh i remember Wadsworth Clinic as a kid growing up I would run around I stayed at the house next door which is now for those of y'all in town it's a fairway mortgage now and they've done a beautiful job I give them props up they yeah. invited me over to tour it when they got it renovated before they opened up and you know I was amazed at how they kept the integrity of the house and you know it was just it was just an awesome thing what they've done with it but I grew up in that house just when my parents were at work and that was you know my my grandfather built that house back in the day and from a real estate standpoint i remember asking my grandmother one time when i was growing up <laughs> i said grandma how much did this house cost y'all eight thousand dollars wow nice to put it in perspective right, so exactly. circling back around to real estate yeah. that house was eight thousand dollars wow and fairway mortgage got it for ninety five hundred <laughs> yeah not quite that <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that, but uh, but that's what that house cost him to build back in. I don't even know what year it was built. I should know that, but I don't know that information. Right. Your family uh, involved in the school system, so schools are important to you. Tell me a little bit about that. Your dad was involved at Hernando High School? Uh, no, my dad. Well, he was. He was the basketball coach at Hernando that's for a it. while. Yeah. Uh, he was also the basketball coach at Lambeth University. He was my mom's basketball coach hmm. and her sister's basketball coach here in Hernando. My granddaddy was a Lambeth. Uh, alum and got him to come down and coach them in basketball after him and my mom got married he went back to Lambeth for a while and then ended up back here at Hernando as a middle school principal so yeah the schools mean a lot to me I've been involved with the schools I talk to Corey all the time I try to stay involved with my kids schools for better for worse sometimes I'm sure they sometimes they don't like to hear from me over there but <laughs> but no I've always had you know and the schools is what makes our communities sure. 
Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. A lot of people talk to us, whether it be on the well, not definitely not on the air, but via emails and stuff like that. When it comes to real estate and growth, you know, when we were sitting there talking with Mayor Musselwhite uh, off air, we discussed a number of different things, school systems, and you know, when Amazon and Google and those type people are looking into things going on in DeSoto County, they want to see our schools. They want to know if we're about to build, some, bring somebody from Silicon Valley per se. What kind of schools are their kids going to go to? And they want to see that. So, well, man, we again, we appreciate you coming on and visiting with us. I, I hope you've had a good time. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun. Been yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and remember, uh, like I said, a couple of stats here. Uh, Brian gave me some stats, or at least I got an email from Terry on some stats. I've been getting it wrong for the last two months. It's not fi- <laughs> It's not 55 years combined experience. It's over 63 years combined experience. They've had over 25,000 closings since 2009. Wow. Wow. So, so what Brian? Yeah, what Brian didn't tell you is when he moved to the team mentality, he he's only benefited from about fifty of those closings. So, <laughs> he's got yeah. So over twenty five thousand closings since two thousand nine. Period. What it says right here on the email, it means we have the experience that people need. So again, reach out to Team Couch. Um, Anytime, Brian. What's the number again? 662-449-1700. You can call me on my cell, 901-461-7653, which uh, the last four digits spell sold. So it speaks exactly. for itself. It speaks for itself. <laughs> and if you, if you notice, Terry is our stats person, not me. I was just kind of throwing out <laughs> random numbers to you. <laughs> yeah, Brian just said, I don't know, maybe like 55 years. I mean, he did, like he did say six years of college. Six years of college. It is, it is, yeah. Well, in fact, I think uh, just real quick, because I know y'all need to go to wrap up the show, but uh, when I was graduating Ole Miss, I think your wife, Derek, actually called in. David Kellum was actually giving me a shot, shout out on the uh, basketball radio show because we used to go to the radio show every week. And he said, yeah, this guy's been here for six years. And I think your wife actually called in and said, yeah, they call those people doctors. <laughs> <laughs> called into the show? I think I remember her calling well, in. She, no, she said it to me, but I think she called in that yeah, night. And yeah, said she it. called in. So she was a huge uh, listener of that. She was on the, in the journalism school, and so she was all into the Thursday night show. Yeah, we used to go stuff. to every one of them. Yeah. Every basketball show, me and a couple other guys were at every one of them for probably three straight years. So, Man, can y'all believe that now they do them virtually? I do them they virtually. do the coaches' shows virtually now. Just that tells you what kind of – uh, year it is for 2020. Well, Brian, we appreciate you coming in. Thanks for sitting in with us on the show. Uh, we're going to keep rolling now. Catch us up on the Friday night basketball for DeSoto County. All right, so we had several games uh, over the past weekend. Um, we're coming off the Thanksgiving weekend where there were just a couple, but we had several games on Friday night, several games on Saturday. First, we're going to start off uh, with the probably the best uh, individual performance of the weekend. Uh, Lake Cormorant, boys basketball, 171-67 over Horn Lake. That puts the Gators now at 7-1. and uh, They were led by KB Brooks. Matt, stat line, 35 points, nine rebounds, four steals, three assists. Yeah, I like to call that. That was my first half in rec league basketball. <laughs> that, was. that was my first half. Uh, so, yeah, KB Brooks led the, uh, led the Gators with 35 points. DJ McKnight had eight points and 11 rebounds. And then uh, D. Sanders had uh, eight points with five rebounds and five steals. So, again, congratulations uh, to, Horn, uh, to Lake Cormorant excuse me, with their victory over Horn Lake. 71-67. Then we had a good, we had a little public-private battle. Public-private battle, uh, just a great two games uh, at North Point on Friday night. The first uh, was the girls' basketball game. Hernando girls beat the North Point Christian girls 50-49. to Now, I want you to remember that score, 50-49. to It's going to come back to play again. The There was two couple free throws that uh, Hernando had with about 10 seconds left. Girl comes down for uh, North Point. Shoots a three, gets fouled, misses it, has three free throws for the win, makes one of them. Just a tough loss. She could have. It was a fifty to forty-eight. She had three three free throws and made one of three, and so they so North Point loses fifty to forty-nine. Just you know, really tough. That's so a lot made, of pressure. She made one of three. One of three. Wow. Way to call the girl out on air. 
I didn't mean, I don't mention I, names. I'm just telling, I'm just I'm just giving the scenario what happened. Yeah. Um but yeah. again her, just her uh, mom just unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh I mean again, yeah, but it's, it was a tough, tough game. Uh Hernando was Derek, a, Derek's in the stands yelling, Unbelievable <laughs> Exactly. Hernando Hernando was uh, led by Victoria Walton with 14 points, uh, Abby Harrison at 12 points, and North Point was led by Leah Jones uh, with 16, who led all scores, with Bethany Wright with 13. So, again, just a great game. Congratulations to Hernando on that. And then uh, just a tough loss, but a, a great, well-fought game by the Trojans. Now turn to the boys' game. In the boys' game, North Point Christian beat Hernando 50-49. to Exact same score, just this time the North Point boys won 50-49. to uh, They were led by Chris Gillen with 18 points. Mitchell Wright had 12 points. Hernando was led by Desmond Cummings with 20 points. And Josh Williams with 12 points. So, again, just a great night of basketball. Both schools brought a lot of students. I mean, it was I think it was capped at 250 people. Uh, but, I mean, Hernando had a great student section. North Point had a great student section going back and forth. A lot of screaming, a lot of yelling. Uh, just a, a good thing. And I, Two, I love 250 seeing, total, I guess. 250 in the gym total. Yeah, 250 in total, yeah. yeah. So, just – but it's just good to see. Those are – you don't call them rivalries, but when when you get to see, you know when you have public schools going to North Point and playing or, or North Point playing public schools, I mean it's it's just it's it's something new, something fresh, and so I was just you know really excited just, and great yeah, games to be good at. Good job by the North Point coach and, and the I mean you know the public school North Point's first four games were all against public school kids. I mean look, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, it's a ten foot hoop, ten foot hoop. Uh, and let's play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is what it is. So, good job on them. Uh, and it's pretty neat that they, you know, match up the same scores uh, later on the night. There was one other game that night. There was another girls' basketball game. It was South Haven versus Center Hill. South Haven uh, girls beat Center Hill 65-52. to South Haven, now you thought well, KB Brooks had a nice game. South Haven, Taylor Woodhouse for South Haven, 40 points. 40 points out of 65. Out of 65. Wow. Taylor Woodhouse, 40 points. The only the only listed score that I could find. Yeah. Uh, so I would say so. Uh, Taylor and then Center Hill was led by Hope Miller. Uh, she had 14 points, and then Candace Buford had 14 points. So again, a great win by the South Haven Chargers over the Center Hill Mustangs on Friday night for the girls uh, on the girls' side. Yeah, and then the next night, Derek, the Saturday scores end up having uh, North Point turns right around. Uh, you know, on less than 24 hours, and hosts DC or plays DC. Uh, tell us about those. Now, this one was uh, at DeSoto Central, so North Point hosted Friday night. So, literally less than 24 hours later, uh, I think it was like a 3 p.m. afternoon game for the girls, and the boys played at 4.30. Uh, DeSoto Central uh, beat North Point uh, in bas- girls' basketball 43-36. to DeSoto Central was led by Janiah Jones. She had 22 points. North Point, again, led by the same two that led in the Hernando game. Uh, Leah Jones had 12, and Bethany Wright had 11 points. Well, again, a close game within seven points, but DeSoto Central did beat North Point 43-36. to The boys played right after that. DeSoto Central also won the boys' game. DeSoto Central 60, North Point 48. DeSoto Central led by Matthew Smith with 21 points. North Point was led by Darius Taylor with 17 points, followed by Chris Gilliland with 15. So they started with South Haven. They played Olive Branch. They played Hernando. Now they play DeSoto Central. So North Point girls, I believe, are two and two uh, with those with those schools. The boys are one and three, I believe. No, excuse me, two and two. They're both two and two. They uh, boys beat South Haven and uh, Hernando. So again, just a great start. The county's really getting out there. A couple of county teams still are struggling to kind of get in the gym. Uh, and of course, district won't really start until January, where we'll you know we'll cover the once the Hernando and all the the six uh, A's teams start playing each other. We'll we'll cover a lot more with that. Are they going to try and do some makeup games like when the when the schools start to clear out a little bit? And, uh, you know, that type of stuff. That, I mean, that's a good question. I don't but know. It is a good question. Um, you know, th- there was uh, one other game that was also on Saturday I'll get to in just a moment. But I think what they're trying to do right now is they're basically playing Mississippi schools. Now, there are some Tennessee schools coming down. But 
a lot of, of the you know the Shelby County schools are not playing basketball. Right. I mean, you're not hearing no, the no, White Hayes. The Shelby County. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the, the so, Germantown, I mean, Arlington, Houston, so they're so playing. Like, you know, normally they're you playing. probably would have Hernando Olive Branch playing Whitehaven, play, you know, playing those uh, inner city schools. That's just not happening. Yep. Uh, and so they're having to find games where they can find games. So you're, you're either looking to Shelby County, like outside right. the, the incorporated yeah. cities, or, or you're looking to play in private schools. And yeah. so here's another great example, Lewisburg. Lewisburg, Saturday night, plays FACS. FACS is in North Point's district. Uh, out of Memphis, First Assembly Christian School, uh, Lewisburg wins 41-30. to uh, It was a girls' game. Uh, Lewisburg was led by Ellie Jones with 15 points and Allison Irby with 9 points. Uh, and then you have Arlington, Tennessee, uh, girls playing Olive Branch. Arlington, Tennessee wins 54-33. to So, again, you're seeing the incorporated cities sure. playing the Soto County schools, both public and private, uh, both ways. And that's what we have right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to a podcast earlier today. They they talked uh, for roughly an hour or so about schools, schools being open, that type of stuff. It was a very good discussion uh, to listen to. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm very glad our kids are in school. I'm very I'm very glad that they're, you know, getting to go and have those experiences. We talked to Reed Flanagan last Friday about what it was like to play 10 football games this year and uh, have an opportunity to have a full su- season with his friends. And as a senior, just a really big deal. I will say shout-out to Reed, second-team All-State, second-team All-State. A little surprised by that. I'm a little surprised that Reed was only second team. I'd, I'd like to say who was a better receiver. We'll talk about that on another show. Obviously, I don't pay attention to a lot of the other schools. I keep up with some of them. Obviously, sure. I know I keep up with Oxford because I have an employee on Oxford's team. What I saw of Reed this year, there wasn't a better receiver in no. the state than him. I agree. And and look, all three of us know Reed uh, and his parents and so forth. Couldn't be more proud of the young man and the good things that are coming his way. So definitely shout out to him again for Friday. I did have a lot of – I don't know about you, Derek, but the most text uh, came from – this particular show people well, no, that I mean, were related to, to Reed or people that know him and and are so happy for for the success he's, he's just had. a good young man too. yeah really yeah. is yeah and again we you know first big offer from Memphis um sure. and you know we'll see if there's any other come but couldn't be happier for him and hopefully and the just, lane train will be calling him I would love for the lane train to call him I would love I mean he should have I mean several offers I mean what would you say six four two twenty five six four two twenty five um you know great hands uh, can outrun linebackers all day long. Well, I was saying they're probably going to turn him into a tight end, right. and he's going to be matched up against linebackers who can't play with him. Right, and he knows that. I mean, all fair after the interview, six four, two twenty five. He knows he can put on about fifteen pounds of muscle wherever he goes. Uh, just going to be a force, man. I can't wait to throw it to him. Well, just, just follow his career. I mean, it. you know, whether it's Memphis or wherever else it may be, we're in here. He'll be coming back here, and so just be able to follow a local kid. You know, we had one uh, done at Ole Miss just a few years ago. Yeah. You know, Bradley Sowell, we watched him. He went and got played for the Bears. And so, you know, just a, a great having a local kid make it like that. And so everybody's going to be rooting for him. But anyway, Reed, congratulations to you. Thank you for coming on with us last Friday. Uh, just a wonderful time. I actually had some nice texts with his dad and mom uh, that they thoroughly enjoyed the interview. And when it's all said and done, uh, that that's what makes it special to me. And, Brian, we appreciate you coming on and visiting with us and, and uh, coming to see. As the first three-person little three-headed monster we have here, tell the podcast listeners what it's like sitting here and getting to see the show made uh it's a little different i mean you know didn't realize quite how this went and i've learned a lot sitting here but again we appreciate you coming in and, and, and visiting with us and stuff and what a great wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, the real estate market in soto county so please reach out to team couch uh please consider going to his website looking at different things and uh and and you know consider working them for like i said earlier 63 years of combined experience i appreciate you guys having me on if you enjoy what you listened to or what you heard today, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. 
Also on Instagram at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter, UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Most importantly, wherever you listen to your podcast, hit subscribe so you'll know each and every show that we have come out so you can keep uh, up to speed with what we got going on. I felt kind of bad, guys. My, my wife told me she's about four shows behind. Uh, I mean, I know she was a little bit under the weather or sick, you know, but uh, she's about four four uh, four shows behind. Well, that would have been a perfect time for her to catch up. So she's got to <laughs> exactly. have a better excuse than that. Exactly. Honey, while you're lying in bed and can't raise your head, I'm going to put these headphones on you. <laughs> we, need, we need the numbers. We need the numbers. Exactly. Hit, hey, you know, I, here, give me your hand and you can't move, but I'm going to hit subscribe right here. Oh, that's terrible. But that's, that's you know, maybe I should have done that. But anyway, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast and uh, we'll, get, we'll do our best to keep putting out good shows each and every Tuesday and Friday from the mobile van and car studio. Anything else, guys? I no, appreciate you having me. Well, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. I'm Brian. Join us next time. Under the Water Tower.